0: You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad and we like to feature uh, Irish artists of a variety of natures, whether they be musicians, actors, uh, playwrights, poets and authors. And today we're going to talk to Anne Griffin and she has just published a book called When All Is Said. And I had the opportunity to read the book and I must say I found it a, a gripping story fascinating and well written and engaging from the moment I really got in on it and the story I'm not going to tell you about it because it weaves its way in a wonderful way that is very credible uh, and I will put it hand when we start to chat and I know it's fiction but yet it is very credible and that's the wonder of a great fiction writer and first of all thanks a million for coming along for a chat I'm
1: Delighted, delighted to have be been invited
0: So Um, When all all is said, it's the story uh, set in Ireland around the transition from the time of the landlord and when we were coming out of that period in history into more modern history. And uh, there was a change in land ownership.
1: That's right. Yeah, this uh, this story um yeah spans a good eighty four years of Irish history and as you say it starts off in that time and uh, that very significant time in Irish history where where the land is essentially given back to to the people, to to the tenants in order that they can they can farm. Um and Morris Hannigan is is a young boy. Um he was born in nineteen thirty. And uh, so he he was he was one of the people, uh, the son of a farmer who gets who starts to get his land back, um, and Morris goes to work in the big has. Also goes to work in the big house, um, the Dollard family uh, who live next door, um, and he's treated not so well mm-hmm. by them. And um, he has he has a very very difficult difficult past with them, and from there and from what happens to him, particularly the death of his his older brother Tony who dies of TB, he kind of decides that he's going to become a wealthy farmer in Ireland um, and um, he gets great pleasure over the years of actually beginning to buy up some of the dollar land mm-hmm. um, and so we uh, we are brought through Morris's history so it, it opens with Morris sitting at the bar of his local hotel in County Meads, and we're in 2014 and he is there to drink five toasts to the five most important people in his life and through these Five stories we are brought through this wonderful history of Ireland um, and we learn just who Morris Hannigan is and why, uh, how he became the successful man that he is and we learn why he's sitting there at the bar on this particular evening and what's going to happen at the end of the night.
0: And some of the irony that's in the story is that when you say that we learn how successful Morris has on one level he is bemoaning some of where he lacked in some success he, yeah. he is finding at the end of his life that, as you say, he he determined to get the land back. And while land was given back, Morris worked very hard to buy and mm. developed a reputation as a result, which wasn't overly positive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a, he's um he's a very single-minded man, knows exactly what he wants, and be can be cantankerous and can be quite rude to people when he wants to be. Um, and, um, yeah, he's kind of sitting there, you know, he's, he's kind of half-proud of all of that, of how he's been in his life, but there is another part from the kind of, especially when it comes to the communication with his family members and his beloved Sadie, who is his wife, who forms one of the toasts, and to Kevin, his son, who, again, he raises a glass to. Um And he has these regrets of how he was never the best at communicating with them. And he kept secrets from them. He kept a lot of stuff from them because, well, there was shame there. But also he knew, well, Sadie didn't like how rich they were and how much money mattered to Morris. They were very, very different people. So, yeah, Morris is kind of sitting at this bar regretting. Um, how he was in particular with his family. Um, and so, in a way, it's kind of a love song to Sadie and a love song to to his son, to, mm-hmm. and, and particularly to his son um, to say, look, I want you to know who I am, really. So what Mars is doing is he's sitting talking to his to his son in, in his head. His son is actually a journalist and lives in the States, in New Jersey. Um, and this... His son is an amazing person to him because Morris has dyslexia and only finds it out when he's 70 years of age. He's gone through his life thinking he was thick, basically, Mm -hmm. and stupid, as many people um, who had dyslexia would have been treated uh, back then. And so um, this is the opportunity when he he is sitting there saying to, to his son, you know, I'm sorry for the cantankerous, Man, the old cantankerous beggar who wouldn't, who wouldn't, uh, you know, talk to you as I should have, and told you that I am proud of you, that I love you, and that you consistently amaze me.
0: But Anne, isn't that very reflective of so many, particularly men, that they go through their life and they don't communicate with anybody in a way at what would be an emotionally intelligent level and that they come to the end of their lives and they wonder uh, why are they kind of isolated and mm-hmm. it might be a good time to just mention because uh, coming up or we had the opportunity to share uh, and we're sharing it each week at the moment is a program from Helplick Ireland and this month we're featuring the sheds, the men's sheds
1: Oh yes, wonderful
0: And that in many ways, you see, this initiative, which is encouraging men to reach inside themselves Hmm. and get beyond the game, the Sunday Hmm. game or the the races or the price price of cattle.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the, uh, the men's sheds are just fantastic. And the growth of them in Ireland is so impressive. And I was recently watching a program on them and and really you know it allows men to talk to each other and that's what really surprised me about watching it was on nationwide about watching the program was that these men are actually beginning to talk mm-hmm. to talk about those things that traditionally they've just held inside and there they were publicly on rte tv saying yeah we get a time to discuss what it feels like to be to be us, or to be in a particular predic- predicament um and they're going, growing close to other men in a really important, genuine way. That's not just about the, the pint at the bar and you know talking about, as you say, the game that you know what, the races or whatever. Um, like it's just talking about what it is to be a human being.
0: Which um, and and again, that comes back to Morris because Morris mark, yeah. he never had that
1: no skill. He never,
0: he never developed that part of his who he was.
1: Exactly, and he regrets it because he watches his son, Kevin, who is a completely different kind of father to him, Um, and he sees how Kevin is able to express his emotions, and was always able to express his emotions with his wife, with with Sadie, his mother, and and Morris' wife. And uh, Morris is, is... He's not jealous, but in constant amazement at this ability to be able to speak, and and although he sees it, although he's he's hearing Kevin speaking, he just. Every time Kevin comes home, he's not able to say the words he wants to say, and so it is something that's very much within Irish communities, and particularly with Irish men. Um, but interestingly, I've had emails from people. Um, one particular woman who was from South Africa, somebody who's from Australia, not necessarily with Irish, with Irish um, a, a background, but they were saying, you know, that could have been my uncle or my grandfather. So I do wonder: is it a, a generational thing of men? Internationally, I'm not sure, but certainly I think Irish men um, have had a difficulty in this. But I think it is changing, and I think things like men's sheds and just younger men coming up and realizing, you know, they need to they need to talk about things. The offload makes it so much better and brings you so much closer to
0: people. And yes, there are still many who will confine themselves to last Sunday's game or the races yes. because the um, secure environment that Mm -hmm. is necessary at an early age wasn't there because, again, the cycle was that it was uh, the man was out, he was earning a living, and the the mother was the nurturing, emotionally nurturing, etc. So, you know, as we said, the shed is a powerful tool. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's confined to Ireland. I think it's, it's a human condition. I think yes. women of their nature are more inclined to express their emotions, whereas men are expressing their thoughts. And yes. I think what we're seeing in Morris is there's a blend at the bar with his five toasts where for the first time he's connecting his thoughts to his emotions.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I think this is this has happened to him over his life at certain times, but this is the first time and it's because it's because of the loneliness he has felt at the death of Sadie, his wife, who died two years prior, and it's because of those two years of of living without her, and of trying to survive without her, and he tells a story of trying to get on, and trying to connect back into a community, and he finds it so difficult. So So there's a huge emotion at this bar for him, where, as you say, he makes that connection between thought and what is, and his inner, inner feelings, and it's true, who his true self, who Mars truly is. And and so that's why I think people connect a lot with this book. Um and because it's done very well here in Ireland. It was it was um five weeks at the number one in Ireland, which is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I, I just I think people just Get how difficult it is to speak truly from the heart, and they they get Morris is a flawed man, and they get the humanity of Morris, and they feel empathy with Morris. And um, he's a funny guy as well. He's a his guy, and he's funny, and he's, there are some very very fo- funny moments in there as well. And so I think people just like that. That just this is just a man telling a story, and it's so human. You that
0: know. and I think it's also reflective, as we said earlier on, at how society has changed in mm. Morris's lifetime. But yeah. that begs the question, who's Morris?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who did he where, where did I find him? <laughs> where did
0: you find him? <laughs> along along with some of the the other characters, Uh, because as I say, you know, what you have written is fiction, but yet, all fiction comes from germs of ideas that are inspired by um, character uh, aspects of different people that you you filter through and create.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mars, Mars, actually, the genesis of Mars came from um, a meeting with with a, a stranger at a bar in Mayo in Newport. Right. And uh, my, myself, my husband and my son, we were on a, a cycling trip um, there uh, back in 2000, it must be in 2014, um, and yeah, you know, we happened into the, the bar at the local hotel there, and there was a man standing, there was only one customer in the bar, in fact the barman wasn't even there, there was no one around, it was just this one man with his pint in his hand, and he was in his 70s. And as soon as we came in and, and we were sorting ourselves out at the table, we, we, we decided to sit at, he came over for the chat. Um, and we had, we had a very brief kind of conversation, and, um, but he te- there, there were two things he said that stuck in my brain and gave me the basis of this story. And the first one was, he said, he told me that he'd worked in that hotel when he was a boy um and I loved that idea of here was this man seventy years later still still uh still in the place where where he worked when he was young and then the other thing um he he said to me um was I'm not going to see the morning, which was just an incredible thing for anybody to say to a complete stranger um but I couldn't guess, for what, I, and I cannot remember, my brain won't allow me to remember why I couldn't say to him, "Well, what does that mean? What do you mm-hmm. mean by that? And he was gone before I could do that. The next day we were cycling the last uh, bit of the, the, the Mayo Greenway over to Ackle Island. And um, I, um, I just took those words with me and I thought, he's just gifted me something amazing as a writer. Um, and I, I basically came up with this story of a man who sits through a bar to drink five toasts mm-hmm. to five people. And so that's where it came from. Now, at the time, also, my own father was 84. So I kind of, I had an inside track on what the concerns and issues were for a man of that age. So I very much relied and, and stole lots of things from my dad, who was a very talkative man, shall I just say. He's, he's not a trick and tanker Hannigan. But certainly, you know, obviously, then there were other people that I've met through my life who have all fed into the character that is Morris Hannigan. But I knew his voice immediately, I have to say, I was very, very clear on, you know, what he'd sound like. And, oh, a, I should say this, there's an audio book, a wonderful audio book of what all is said. And um, the um, Niall Buggy, a wonderful Irish actor who played Henry Sellers in Father Ted, if anybody is out there and remembers this, um, it does the voice uh, of the book, and it is just spectacular. It's one of the best audiobooks I've ever heard, and it made me cry from the minute I heard it.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. And um, we're going to wrap up. I deliberately didn't ask how the story ends, because I must say it is wonderful how there's that nice turn at yes. the end. <laughs> and it would be such a shame to, to spoil it. Indeed, indeed. Indeed, and (laughs) even that. But before I do, I should kind of circle back, actually, because you do talk about the the big house and then the relationship with the person who then moved in and bought the big house. Um, That also is an interesting scenario and an interesting relationship.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it stays with Morris all of his life. His his um, connection with that family stays there, and 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 there is the you know they had he'd been Morris had been treated very badly by them. He had decided he was going to become a rich man, and, and and as I say, enjoyed buying up their land. But there is also this this coin that that connects. These two families mm-hmm. through the whole book, and it's a a, a coin that Morris stole when he was sixteen. It's an Edward the Eighth coin that actually exists, but I've kind of embellished the story a little bit, you know, to help my novel along. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's it's really good. I I love that you know there was this coin that. You know, Mars keeps forgetting that he he has and he stole. But it's really important because it's the key to Mars finding out who the dollars were and why they were the kind of people they were. And that's a kind of a deep, rich story all on its own.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So, from a housekeeping perspective, if anyone is looking for you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, www.anngriffinwriter.com
0: And that's Um, Anne with an E?
1: And with an E. With an E. And the book is available, hopefully, in in, in, in Canada and all good bookstores. You can get it um, uh, on Amazon, Kindle, and as I say, it's in audio as well. And it's come out in large print, by the way. Um, so there's a large print version that you can get from, oh, I can't remember their name right now, Centerpoint. Okay. Centerpoint. So um,
0: have you been doing any readings or have you been around for any book fairs? I,
1: I, yeah, doing a lot through Ireland and the UK, and I was in France recently as well. So it's, yeah, it's uh, nothing in the States and Canada yet, but it's it's um, it's doing very well. It's been translated into 13 foreign languages as well. So it's um, it's been great. It's been thank a whirlwind you. and
0: a wonderful whirlwind. Well, Anne Griffin, I want to thank you again for taking the time. It's been fascinating and wonderful having the chat.
1: Wonderful, Awesome, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.